Welcome to the Five Seven Podcast. I'm your host Pre, and I'm joined with what should we call you today? The Rolling, the Rolling uh, Grill Man. Yeah, Rill- Rolling Grillmaster. You damn right, Mike. Mike Sweetness. And we're also joined by our first guest on our show, Lindsay Pugh. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> this is uh, definitely a little different, you know, than the, the regular uh, Friday night. But this is going to be fun. It will be. I'm excited. Good stuff. So, so why don't you give us like just a general introduction to uh, you know who you are and and uh, and what you've been doing since uh, you got out of high school? Man, that's a loaded question. Well, graduated high school, joined the military, Army National Guard. That's how I met you. Right. Went to basic training as an engineer. What? Graduated, went to college. Um, I first joined my grandpa was in World War II. That was a different generation and it was really inspiring to see um yeah that was just a uh they talk about the, the world's the greatest generation and i really truly believe that so it was one of those things he was the one who really inspired me to actually join so joining the national guard i never thought i would ever hang out past my six years i really wanted to serve my country but also go to college at the same time Big, big, uh, big change adjustment. Getting, getting deployed after nine eleven. Um, deployed twice throughout college. So we spent some time in Iraq. Spent some time stateside. Decided to stay in and to kind of a uh, took kind of a gamble on a job. Kind of a weird thing. Kind of got my full time job during a bet at drill weekend. One weekend, kind of talking a lot of shit to some recruiters and kind of telling them I could outdo their job any day. Talked myself into a full time job. Ended up re-enlisting right there for another six years. I was 22. So uh, my four-year plan for a college degree went out the window <laughs> and uh, decided to stay in the military after deployment. And um, yeah, that kind of fell into recruiting. So while I finished college, um, I kind of bounced around recruiting in St. Louis and was able to be full-time active Army while I was finishing my undergrad. Um, went to grad school and found myself here 18 years later making a career in the military and uh, now I run the St. Louis recruiting team um, in Missouri with the biggest uh, biggest network of recruiters the biggest mission in the state and it's a, a lot of fun a lot of chaos but it's been an absolute hell of a ride you know one uh, one fortunate career I will say that that's cool that's really cool you know it was kind of funny uh you know uh, thinking of basic training, you know, it seems like like such a long time ago, you know, like, exactly it was or, you know, just like the military in general, you know, it just seems like it's a um, like a different life. You know, like I feel like I I was like a, I was born. I had life and then I went to the military. I lived like a completely different life. And then I got out of the military and I kind of like picked up where I left off with my old one. You know, I, it is. It, I, I kind of call them chapters in life. So I feel like there's different chapters in each life and each phase kind of brings you to something something new and different. And every chapter yeah. kind of unfolds and you have no idea what's going to happen next. And the way sure. you think it's going to go never is how it actually happens. But that's kind of what makes life so much more fun. So Yeah, yeah. I actually like to use the, the book chapter analogy when looking at life as well because, um, you know, a lot of times when – you know, when, when the, I guess when the cards are kind of stacked against you, you know, I tell people or, you know, they're, they're kind of down. I'm like, look, this is like a book, like a, like a movie. There's the beginning, there's the climax, and then there's the end. You know, this isn't the end of your story. This is the middle of it. You, you can still write the rest of it, you know? Absolutely. And, sure. uh, and I think it's, uh, I think it's a good way, or I would say a positive way of, of, of trying to look at, uh, trying to look at life. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we were uh, we were E zeros when we came a- E negative fifties, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, Lindsay is now a master sergeant. Recently promoted to master sergeant, and uh, why don't you? Uh, what was that like? Honestly, I uh, I've had some run-ins with my career, um, a few Article Fifteens and some some slap really? on the hands. I mean, I haven't had the most perfect trajectory we will say um sure i turned down e8 twice before i took third time's a charm wow I say so um realistically for me honestly it, it was just a very unexpected thing to stay in the military and do a make it a career um mm. i've always been really fortunate with my assignments and opportunities and i feel like um the older i get the more true to myself i am and so i feel like every decision is kind of come down to what's best for me and my family and where I'm at in my personal place in life. But being, right. um, being still in now and still having a job is probably the the best thing I've got going on today. But realistically, I just feel fortunate to still have made it this far, never expecting to stay past my, you know, specialist years as a, uh, as a <laughs> young punk, you know, yeah. causing trouble and yeah. blowing up stuff at, uh, yeah. basic AIT. So yeah. yeah, that was a lot of fun. You know, so. it was kind of funny when I saw it on on Instagram. You know, I immediately thought back to like, you know, like running in the rain. I'm like, man, I knew this chick when, you know, we were, <laughs> you know, it would like it would be like hot in the morning and then it would like snow at night. You know, I'm and I'm like, man, misery. I can't believe, misery. yeah, Fort Misery. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I can't believe that she's, you know, that she's, you know, uh, made it so long. not that that it's unbelievable, but just like how much time has has kind of passed. And you know, it's kind of funny. Like nobody. I've never heard anybody say that they've passed up E8 before or, or, really? or passed up a promotion. Yeah. Well, they're probably just sellouts, you know. It's all right. Mm-hmm. So, um, people always complain like, oh, I didn't make the list. I didn't make the list yeah. this time, you know. No, it wasn't It wasn't some kind of power struggle or move. It wasn't anything like that. It was just, uh, honestly, I, it was one of those that after it happened the first time everybody joked about, it was either the, the dumbest or smartest move I ever made. They were like, sure. either you're the biggest idiot or the smart. And I was like, honestly, I just... It doesn't matter. It's one of those. It's one of those weird things in life where you come to these crossroads, uh-huh. and there's such heavy decisions that you have to kind of just. Everyone's they give you their advice. It's hard to ignore it because you your gut saying one thing, but you know your other part of your brain, the logical part, saying something else. And right. I'm a I'm a gut person, so yeah. I'm not really a logic is not is not my thing. I'm not really into the. I'm always <laughs> like a how am I going to feel with this? I'm a, I'm kind of a, a whim decision maker. So for sure. me, it's like I'm I'm practical, pragmatic. But it came to stuff for promotions and what's best for my family at the time. Right. We had moved a lot. I've got a little boy. Um, yeah. So it's one of those things that I just feel lucky to now have. I have an awesome job. I'm able to, you know, hang out with, I got 20 recruiters on my team, um, some phenomenal NCOs. And now I get a chance to be with soldiers again and help lead them, but help also change lives. It's so yeah. much more impactful than I ever thought or imagined. And it's way more exciting and and um, challenging than I think I've ever actually imagined. So I feel lucky. Is there a um, is there a first sergeant role that 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 you could be uh, for the for the uh, viewers at home? Um, the way the rank structure goes, when you start off at E zero, you're a private. Then there's PV two. Then there's PFC, and then there's specialist. Then there's sergeant. Then there's a staff sergeant, sergeant first class, and then you get to E eight, which is master sergeant. But also when you when you're in charge of a company, you become a first sergeant. And then from there, there's E9, which is uh, you're either a sergeant major if you don't have a, a battalion or a, sarge- or a command sergeant major when you 
when you do have your own battalion. I got that right, didn't I? Perfect. It's okay, like you haven't skipped a beat. Curious, like how are recruitment levels nowadays? Are they, you know, from when you started, are you seeing them increase? Are they going down? Are you seeing the same kind of activity? I mean, enrollment, what, do you, what are things looking like now in your sure. area? People always want to join the military. It's finding qualified people is the is the name of the game. <laughs> so, I mean, it is – it's in 18 years, it's changed. And honestly, the last 13 years, I've been primarily in the recruiting battalion. So I've done operations, guidance counseling, worked at MEPS, worked with the RSP, the new soldiers at Enlist. It's a um, – it's difficult to find qualified people, and the processes have gone so much more technologically advanced that now there's so much more screening done, and there's so many more punk, uh, I hate to say this, but between the ages of 17 and 25, the demographic is different. To find people who want to enlist, it's always there, but finding qualified people is really difficult. So, And there's so many other factors that we don't control, obviously, like political stuff and money and some of those things. Right. Have you also experienced anything with like uh, people that are transitioning or anything of, of that nature of transgenders? We have. Yes. Yeah. I was actually a MEPS guidance counselor when all of that came down, which is a guidance counselors. I was the ones that um, write all the enlistment contracts for your state. So I was like the National Guard liaison for Missouri. We had two offices, one in St. Louis, one in Kansas City. So I ran the St. Louis office. And so during that transitional time, I was our guidance counselor and we had to go through all the processing and screening. And um, we had a few applicants that um, had inquired about joining as transgender. Um, but being a part of the military during such a challenging and diverse time, you know, when you joined for such different reasons and your values are very, you know, maybe conservative or liberal, liberal or going through these changes during this this time is just it's kind of mind boggling at times to be like I'm still in the military and this is a conversation you have to have you know about pregnant 17 year olds or transgender or whatever the case is you know what I never really I never really thought about that trying to deal with uh trying to deal with millennials and and deal with uh you know them trying to trying to recruit these kids you know because it's you know there's no such thing as you know like I'm triggered I can't uh, I can't go and do PT this morning, you know. It's like no dude, you need to go right. outside. <laughs> you know, there was one time, man, where the drill sergeants, you know, we we're outside in formation and they're in the they're in the barracks. And then, you know, we get to go back in and next thing you know, man, like everybody's shit is out of their wall lockers and it's like all over the room. You don't know whose stuff is who. <laughs> And it's like, oh my god, I can't believe we have to clean this up because like somebody's like socks were folded wrong or something. You mayhem, know? just mayhem. And so wait, wait when somebody's ma- socks were wait, so when somebody's socks were folded wrong, they just everything just got thrown all over. Yeah, that's like, like I would say like during like the first the first week like red phase, it, it was like that. Like they would do they would do crazy shit like that. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't imagine, you know, like. I mean, I'm not saying that they can. I'm saying that from what I see on TV and, and you know, from what I hear on the internet on how millennials are and how they deal with things, you know, I, I don't, I don't see it as a very, uh, well, the, I mean, the idea is to break you down to kind of build you back up. So, I mean, there has to be a breakdown period, but it's you have to be willing to let yourself be broken down. And I don't see, you know, like uh, millennials these days, from what I see on TV, willing to get broken down like that. It's just a different time, right, different right. time. And that's a very general statement. I mean, there's hundreds of kids that we that are not like that at all. Right, right. We have, you know, it, but it's also a one and a half percent entire population is eligible for the service. So, I mean, okay. you have to look at the population is, you know, it's a super small percentage of the military. And those are all like us, kind of a freaks of nature that happens to be a part of that 
I kind of call it fraternity. Like for us, for, yeah. you know, I mean, 20 years later, pick up where we left off. You sure. know, Battle Buddy and Basic Training, it's like you haven't skipped a beat. You know, it's, okay. one of those, it's just military is just different, man. It's just a different, it different world. So when you went into the military, you did it uh, because of your grandfather? I did. Yes. Yep. He was just a. One of those men you just re- respected, admired, um, someone that always had standards, ethics, values, just one of those things that um, he kind of inspired me to go do it. But I, I had gone to um, – my sister had joined the reserves. I went to her basic training graduation at Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and watching hundreds of soldiers walk in singing cadence yeah. kind of blows your mind if you've never really seen that. It was just one of those inspiring but powerful moments. And I was like, you know what? I could freaking do this. Yeah. And um my dad worked with the National Guard guy, and so I went to a recruiting office like the very next week, talked to a guy, and two days later, I was enlisted. It was a, a pretty, uh, yeah, kind of a whim decision, but one of the best ones to date. Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, my first, when I went active, I went to Fort Sill. Okay. I was at Lawton, Oklahoma. What a shithole. Okay. But, uh, I mean, it was a really <laughs> great time, though. Most military places aren't some shitholes. Yeah, real, yeah, so. they are. I had a really go. good time there. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. My uh, my grandfather was. It was pretty much the same thing for me. Like my grandfather, uh, he was in World War II, and and you know, there's probably no man I respect more than him. You know, he's sure. still around, and uh, you know, just being around him, you know, it's kind of uh, it's kind of humbling in a way. Absolutely, sure. So, um, so would you when you first when you first got uh got to your first uh first duty station, like your first years in the guard, what um what obstacles did you face? Well, when I first enlisted, engineers were closed. They had just opened up to women. So when I first joined the engineer unit, I was the fourth female in my unit. So it was a really weird transition for everyone that was had been in the unit for years because we had four females, and I was I was I was eighteen. I was still in high school. I was a senior in high school. Mm. So when I first came back, there was like six of us maybe at this time, and it was very unusual because it was back in I joined in two thousand one. So back then it was you know. It was just different time. Right. So they didn't know how to talk, the whole sexual oh, yeah. harassment, sexual assault, sexual, all that stuff. So joining an engineer unit, you just kind of jump in with the, with the, the Joes. Sure. You all go to the field. You all sleep in the same tent. <laughs> you all sleep. You do everything like everybody else. They don't. It's yeah. just the same. But it was one of those things. It was different because you're like, okay, well, this is the Army. You don't. That's how you're brought up. You don't know any different. Sure. So nowadays, I feel like everything is way more PC, way more hypersensitive to everybody's needs and it's it's a lot more fluffy now we'll just say military is not as cut and dry as it used to be i feel like there's so many more there's so much more red tape with stuff now because of stuff like that that it just it's it's changed a lot so it's weird being on this side of it because i grew up i grew up in the military i'm not i'm not the offended i i I don't get offended by hardly anything i'm probably worse than most of the men i work with so (laughs) For me, I'm that person. That I say things. I'm like, oh god, sh- shit. I don't want to get reported. I, I shouldn't have said that out loud, kind of a thing. You know, you know I have so a I'm question. that person. I'm that person. So you, you know, like say for instance, um, you know, say two guys. You know, they, uh, you know, th- you know, they, um, they want to say something to each other. You know, they want to kind of cuss each other out in a way. Like say some guys, like, hey, go fuck off. You know, say, hey, go eat a bag of dicks. Like, sure. what do, what do women say to each other? You know. Most of them say the same thing. I mean, really? I, I've I've sent my old boss a bag of dicks before, so I can't really say that I'm you know any better than any of that. So are any like, are there any like, yeah. bad, like 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 chick cutdowns kind of? You know, I feel like I mean, eh, I feel I mean, there's certain things that people could say ignorantly, but it, it's weird. There's so few females um, 
I mean, there, there are a lot more females nowadays. Absolutely. I mean, I have yeah. four female recruiters on my team and I joke all the time that my females are way more, they're easier to deal with than half my men. I call some of my men princesses, really? divas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Cause some of the I, females, they, they will, they outwork the men. They don't yeah. give me bullshit back. They're very like, got it, Roger. Cool. We're tracking. And they're hard motherfucking workers, man. Cause they, they've had to dig away a little bit deeper to be, I think sometimes to be on the same, I don't know. It's weird because I, you're, not part of the boys club so it's a different different way of relating yeah um, yeah without i remember using your you know your vagina so it's different <laughs> i remember one time i think it was like you and m dyke and we were doing something and it really sucked and you guys weren't complaining and i'm like you know what i'm not gonna say shit I'm, I'm sure these chicks fucking say something because these other guys were like saying shit. I'm like, you guys need to shut the fuck up because you're making us look bad over here. <laughs> the chicks aren't saying anything. You guys I do fucking- laugh. I feel like we. That's kind of how it is. I feel like a lot of times that I don't know why. I just or is, I don't know. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah. Most of no. I I can't think of one one clever creative thing that some girls are because I feel like a lot of the women probably say a lot of worse things than the guys. To be honest, sure. They just so, don't say it around you guys. So when you got deployed. Were um you went you got deployed twice right? Yes, once was stateside, once was to Iraq. Okay, and when you went to Iraq, was that um you were in college at the time? You didn't have. Oh men? man, I did. Yes, I was in college. I was twenty. I turned twenty-two over there, so I was twenty-one. I was a junior in college. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I remember when you got uh when you got deployed. I was at Fort Sill. I emailed you. Now that I remember. yeah yeah it was um. Yeah, we were we, we were young youngins. I was twenty one when I got deployed. At the time, it was like, what the fuck? I got orders right after that, and they were like, you're going to this aviation unit in Korea, and then they're like, t- in support of enduring freedom. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, God, let's do this. You know, this is what I got in for, and I ended up going mm-hmm. to this other on the on the DMZ, and uh, you know that was awesome. But that's that's a story for another time. So sure. how would you how would you um. How would you rate your experience uh, as on your deployment to Iraq? Well, the funny part is back then, Facebook wasn't even around. Um, Skype wasn't really around. All these things were It was. My, it wasn't I, that yeah, top, eight. top eight. It's weird because <laughs> back then, back then it was it was email and we had shitty internet. So I feel like the, the communication, all that stuff was so different. Because when you get deployed, you literally were back to old school I wrote, we wrote letters a lot. Getting mail was cool. Um, you looked forward to like when it didn't have a sandstorm to go actually, you know, call home. But there's like we bought calling cards from Sam's and Costco. Um, I mean, it sucked. It was pretty ghetto for the first eight or nine months because we were early over there overseas. So, I mean, it was pretty ghetto as far as, you know, back then the, the standard operating procedure was to drive around and your big, huge truck with your weapon loaded hanging out of the window driving like you're some gangster downtown you know like that was the sop was to drive around with you know your little weapon just be bopping outside the window and nowadays you're like yeah. what the fuck well, that is so not so it was definitely pretty unrefined back then we slept out a lot and, and as an engineer you do a lot of field time you sleep yeah. a lot in your trucks you sleep a lot underneath helmets and connexes and stuff like that so yeah. um best worst year of my life came home humbling humbling as hell i mean you come home and you're 22 or a veteran your friends are bitching about they're not having enough money to go to the bar daytona beach for spring break because yeah. they're pissed that somebody lost you know a flip-flop at you know <laughs> cabana joe's and you're just kind of like this is the dumbest conversation i've heard this week i just saw somebody <laughs> get blown up last week you yeah. know and we had to pull, yeah. you know like we had you know there's like smoked some dead bodies over here we'd scrape just some of the things that you you do you're like this isn't 
so emotionally and mentally, you're in a completely different chapter in life than your other peers the same age yeah. because you're you just fast forward an entire chapter of your life in you know 14 months. Right, right. You know, you miss Christmas, you miss all those things with people at home, and you're like, well, you know, it kind of hardens you a little bit. Um, yeah. Not necessarily in a good way, but just it just changes you. Yeah, you know what? I think that um, I think it it is kind of a good thing because it kind of prepares you for maybe like the harder times in life. Because a lot of times, when the hard times come, you see a lot of people fold. You know, sure. And and you know, I've I was I was told by somebody one time that tough times don't last, but tough people do. And it's something sure. that I always keep in the back of my my head. You know, absolutely. So um, so after you got deployed, you got married. And then you got, uh, and then you had uh, your little guy. I how did, was, yes. How was how was that experience of becoming a mother and and having to to um, to still be a soldier? You know, I was fortunate because I came home and went back to college and was able to kind of talk smack a little bit. Got hired into AGR, an uh, active recruiting job at home in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So I went, I flipped my college schedule, went to school at night. And then um, a couple years later, I waited till I was almost 30 to have my son. So I had been in the military, you know, for a while. I joined when I was 18 before I actually had Max. So my career was pretty well established by the time I actually started a family. Mm-hmm. So it was great. I mean, having a kid as an E, I think it was E7 by then. Yeah. You know, I had, you know, paternity, you know, maternity leave, and all that kind of stuff. So I was off about four months. That was recruiting. Oh, that's time. awesome. So for me, it was great. I mean, I, the military, took care of you as far as, you know, leave and all that kind of great, you get paid while you're off. It's awesome. Um, it was really weird being a parent. You can't prepare for, um, yeah, hands you- down the best thing ever was, is becoming a mom. I mean, that's one of my, it's my favorite role ever having, I have a little boy who's seven now, his name is Max and he is like my entire world. So yeah. having him just changes everything. Cause it gives you a different reason to live, you sure. know, when you come home from Iraq and you want to help people and you want to, you realize that your life is so fortunate here and we have so many things that are so amazing as citizens here. We have freedom. We can drive. There's there, Having rules and policies and things are good things. You know, yeah. going to a country where it's a free-for-all all the time, yeah. you know, and people fearing for their lives every day in different circumstances is a completely different mindset to be in. And so coming home, having that safety, protection of that and having your family and then growing a family here is such a different perspective sure so being a parent and as a soldier is is a very humbling experience do you um you know you know because in the military you're kind of taught to 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 weather you know harsh environments you know like like kind of mentally you know mm-hmm. and do you um as a parent do you take any of that kind of stuff and 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 put it into your day-to-day life like when you're with your little guy like say for instance when i'm with my as soon as i walk out the door with my kids like i'm looking both ways i'm seeing what's going on who's there who's driving you know mm-hmm. this guy's been parked there for freaking two days you sure. know i'm at to t- look into this situational awareness yeah that's sure. right i'm Absolutely in the no. i'm in the orange 100 percent. yeah no it's funny <laughs> i mean my, my son asked for a bow and arrow for christmas and, and a pull bar sorry i'm ah. laughing because he's all about you know, he wants to, you know, take, he thinks the military is the coolest thing ever right now. So, you know, it's one of those things that, um, yeah, teaching him just be prepared and understand life. And, you know, I'm always like, pay attention to your surroundings, be aware of people. He's extremely socially observant, though. Um, uh, he's that's good. Really cog- he's really cognizant. Of, he's kind of, I'm a social butterfly. And he's definitely, he's 100% my personality. He uh, is a, 
but he's extremely observant and he takes in everything socially around him. So he'll ask why this person asked this or how come they seemed off or yeah. they seem sad. Like he's really aware of stuff. So I try to always, we, we talk about a lot of stuff, a lot, you know, all the time just because, you know, I think it's important for, to instill in young people. Yeah. All those kind of just safety things, but just being aware of life because everybody's sure. so self-centered and focused. I feel like nowadays they don't observe other things around them going on. Yeah, I refuse to, you know, when you go to like a restaurant, you see people putting, um, you know, kids and they give them their phone and like their kids are kind of in their phone. And I absolutely refuse uh, to right. do that. My kids will sit there and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll draw with their crayons and they'll, sure. and they'll, they'll, they'll talk to people, you know, you know like have a conversation I, with a human because that's, yeah. that's going to outlast everything else down the road is communicating with a, a live person face to face will never go out of style. Yeah, yeah. Shaking someone's hand will never go out of style. I think uh, will never go to style. I think by the time that they're doing job interviews, just looking somebody in the eyes will uh, will get them a job. You know, <laughs> sure. so. We hope. We hope. Or yeah. Swing, can you, you never know. can you believe he yeah he physically came in for the interview? I can't believe it. He didn't send us a video <laughs> or nothing. Yeah, we're gonna give I him know. a promotion. Sure. So, right. So uh, tell us about your side gig. Like, what made you want to uh, to get into uh, Rodan and Fields? So after becoming a parent, I'm not sure if you guys are can relate, but you know it changes you. It changes your role as a spouse, yeah. um, and a lot of people can kind of lose themselves in that role. You know, everything you used to kind of do selfishly before you had a kid, you kind of put in the back burner. Your needs and wants become secondary, or whatever, and so you kind of can lose yourself. So for me, I had finished my master's degree, I had a one year old home, and I'm somebody who consistently strives for something else. Like I, I. I need to always be doing something to self-improve. So for me, it was one of those that I wasn't looking for anything else. I had too much stuff already going on, but I really was wanting to, um, something was missing though. I just felt like a part of me as Lindsay was missing. I was really focused on my job. Things were going fantastic at work. Um, personally, it was great. I just, I went to dinner with a couple girlfriends and I was like, Hey, what is this gig you're doing? You're posting about it all the time. Um, and they're like, Hey, it's this company called Rodan and Fields. And I kind of made fun of this stuff. I was like, dude, I have a master's degree now. I'm not gonna do some side, you know, peddling, pushing shit. This is so beyond, this is so like 1998, you know, I'm not, not getting involved in your pyramid scheme. Yes. And so I was completely <laughs> kind of a, kind of a bitch about it. I was like, dude, and I kind of made fun of it. I was pretty snarky and pretty, uh, I was very, um, you know, just unaware and completely uneducated about any of it. So I was just, I was an ignorant consumer. You know, I had no idea about it until I actually had a conversation and learned about the company. And it's two dermatologists that went to Stanford, educated women. They started Proactive years ago, decided they wanted to come up with a different way of handling skincare and having a business that could handle and platform to other consumers to help grow and, and make their own. So they prepackaged stuff that had phenomenal products, great price point, absolutely remarkable and now they are taking the entire you know consumer industry by storm and now they're the number one skincare brand in the u.s soon to be australia they're in canada they're going global and now they have just surpassed so many household names that took 30 40 years to become benchmarks in the anti-aging or just even skincare world which i know to men it's like whatever but everyone washes their face so it's yeah. just really great. It's really great skincare. You know, it's one of those things that's just premium skincare that instead of going to a dermatologist saying my 14 year old's acne, I got to pay 200 bucks for whatever, whatever to stain my sheets and make my 14 year help my 14 year old have confidence in freshman year and get a date, whatever. Yeah. You can yeah. go to a consultant and say, hey, 
here's some, you know, here's our products are proven to work. If they don't work, we'll get your money back. So it's one of those things that it's about a lot of it, just authenticity, being yourself. It's like everything. It's just trying to find your own confidence. But I was like, you know what? I'd love to have an outlet. If the products are awesome, you know, have some fun with it. If I could pay for my own stuff, cool. And so I kind of started thinking it would just be like a couple hundred dollar a thing, um, never growing into anything beyond that. And now I've got a team of over 60 and we've got like, you know, I'm on a team of million dollar earners that it, they've all completely quit their jobs. Now them and their spouses and kids are, you know, they're all six, seven figure income earners. So it's yeah. now my retirement job where once I'm able to retire from the military, I have this other, I had this residual income coming in right now and I have a team of some phenomenal leaders that are, some are workers, some are moms, some are, you know, full-time, part-time. It's the everyday people that want to do something on the side that have yeah. now turned it into something else. So it's fun. So I think I, think I read that uh, Rodan and Fields, uh, am I saying that right? Rodan and Fields? Yes, no, Rodan. I know, it's Rodan. funny, like, it's both their last names, so it's Rodan okay. and Fields. Okay, it's, it's kind Dr. of funny because I had a... Name. I had someone who was from uh, Oregon, and they're like, I'm like, is it Oregon or Oregon? They're like, it's Oregon. I'm like, okay, so tomato, tomato. Sure. I, I think I read that they're, um, they've grown between like 300 to 700% uh, in like the year of 2017 to 2018. It was unbelievable. I don't want to say unbelievable, crazy. but it's, it's, yeah, that's definitely crazy. It's crazy. So it's, it's I don't know, it, it's exciting. It's It's good stuff. When did you know that? When you were like, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to do this. You know, at what point were you like, this is going to work. I have something. I think that I can use this as uh, as a second form of income. And when I get out of the military, this is uh, what I'm going to do. Probably about six months in, actually. Wow. I mean, I've been doing it about three years now. But about six months in, um, the peop- it's, like, it's like anything in life. Success breeds success. Sure. So the, 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 the people that I kind of partnered with, the girls that kind of were like, hey, check it out. If you don't want to do it, great. Get your money back. There's no risk involved if you don't. So six months in, they started earning. They were earning these trips to Mexico and you know Canada and all these cool places doing these crazy things. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you just started this six months before I did. What the – like, it was one of those that – wait, right. what? You just quit your job? Wait, I don't – wait, you make – you're a nurse practitioner. Like what? I don't understand. Like, it was one of those that your kids go to private school. They do this. Like, it was one of those. You're adding up their life. You're like, yeah, wait, what? You're not any different than me. You're, you're probably busier than I am. So it was can one I of those see your you financial see, statements? <laughs> but it was one of those that you really, and you're like, well, I barely work it. If I was like, I, you know, I don't want to try is kind of fuck off with it and have fun. I make, you know, yeah. X amount. I'm like, well, I could put some effort and time into it and do what you do. So it was one of those weird kind of, all right, if I took this seriously, I could actually probably have some fun with this and really make this a worthwhile venture and make this a real investment. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a turning point for me for and everybody, most million, I mean, millionaires all have, you know, five, seven streams of income. So I was like, well, I might yeah. as well start at least a couple extra now while I'm in my thirties to have residual income coming in. So when the time's right, I don't want to overstay my welcome in the military. Some people stay a little too long past their yeah. expiration date. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. So, I, I yeah, want to make sure I, I, I can exit the formation at a valuable time for the organization, for myself. I'm not overdoing the value that I'm bringing or taking away from wherever I'm at in life. So I wanted to have a, a solid exit strategy that's on my terms. I can work from my home or cell phone or wherever. So it's yeah. pretty awesome. I do consulting, uh, IT consulting, and I do a lot of it. I can do a lot of it from home, which is uh, which is awesome because uh, 
it's like you know what I don't I don't I don't need to be there. I can log in remotely and I'll take care of anything that you need. You know. Sure. And um, and you know I think that it's important to for people to come up with a another like another strategy of income. You know, there's nothing wrong with you know having your money kind of work for you in a way because the oh, days absolutely. of the days of of the nine to five. Uh, you put in 30 years and you get a pension. Those days are fucking gone. They're they Absolutely. are they're gone. You know, and and I think like our generation is is the first generation that is that has come up with like this. Um, we we've come up with this like you know you don't have to live at work. You know you don't have to live at work. You don't have to live the job. You know you can have a, a happy life too. Or say the generation before us was you go to work every day, you do it. The mom stays at home. You know uh, she doesn't do it. You know it's like our generation kind of you know like everybody can have their cake and eat it too in a way. Sure. Well, absolutely. I feel like especially when you have a kid. You know I'm divorced now. I'm single parent now. But I I think the biggest value I can bring to my son is having a happy mom that loves what she does. And I also want to show him what success looks like. Like I want him to show that like I can work hard, but I can play hard. And I want to show that I do love my job and my career. I do love, and he does a lot of it with me. Like he asks, you know, we're packaging up some prizes or some presents for stuff or giveaways. And he's like, is this your ordained field stuff, mom? Are you going to another launch? Like I want to help you do this or I want to help. It's funny. He's really interested in my business. And so it's cool. He's like, is this an RNF thing? Or are you going to town for, you know, I've earned some trips. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've gone places and it, it, it's cool for him to see that. I want him to see what success looks like too. So that he wants to aspire to be successful. Also see that, you know, people can have all kinds of forms of jobs. There can be the traditional role, conservative life. I wear a uniform every day, but I also have another playful job that gets to be girly and Lindsay. Cause I feel like as a mom and as me, I needed an outlet that had nothing to do with military. I mean, at my level, I'm the only female. So I yeah. work with, you know, everybody, which is nothing wrong with dudes. It's great. But I also, I've, you know, we have different, different interests. A lot of times I want to relate to other encouraging and intelligent women that are driven and inspiring to change things and not just accept status quo and not in like in a vagina rules, but in just like a, I want to go do some cool shit, you know? And yeah. I think it's awesome to be around people who are wanting to grow too in whatever way that is. It's fun. It, you know, it's fun. Well, at work, so. there's like there's like eight swinging Richards in my department. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to have uh, i love to have some chicks, you know, to kind of break it up a little bit. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I was getting swinging Richards, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know, I think it's important for, for your kid to see like a, a woman who's, you know, kind of making her way because, you know, when he gets older – you know, he's going to look for that, you know, not sure. some, not some chick who's like, so what do you do? You know, it's going to be like, no, actually, what do you do? You know, right, right. <laughs> I, what do you bring to the table too? You know, yeah, my recruiting team is we're area seven. So I joke, everything I do is seven up, like up your game, everything. Right. I talk about lucky seven. We kind of coined this whole seven up. So I'm always like, what do you do up your game, up your, you know, whether it's professionalism, your persona, your personality, your work ethic, your drive, motivation. it's always upping everything. I'm always like, you can okay. always improve in some way, an area in your life. So for me, it's like, I bring that home to my son. I'm like, well, buddy, you know, we talk about failure a lot. Cause I feel like if you can't accept failure, if you, you know, that, that punk, they can't deal with that. How can you deal with success in life? Cause you're gonna have so many yeah. failures. So I'll be like, Hey, did you fail in something? And we talked about it cause I want him to be able to accept defeat just like you can other things we talk about where you can improve and what you can do better and how you can be kind and all those kind of things to kind of help him want to improve in different areas of his life too so he can learn that stuff me and my kid we were playing uh, go fish and uh, i kept winning (laughs) 
And he was like, I don't want to play anymore because you keep winning. And I'm like, well, why don't you get better then? Well, he's like, well, how do I get better? And I'm like, well, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. And I try- started explaining things to him. And he, I saw like the light go on in his head. And he's like, okay. And then I swear maybe uh, four, four times later after that, we played and he wins most of the time mm-hmm. because That's so awesome. he's able to memorize uh, a lot of things <laughs> that I say and stuff, which right. is important, you know, but it's, you know, teaching them defeat because it's sure. important. You know, everybody loses. You know, I don't sure. know a single person that has won a hundred percent in their life, you know, and it's important that they know that they pick themselves up and they keep on going, you know? Sure. Absolutely. So, so what is your, uh, what is your diet like? That is not a good question, man. I did not have a good diet. I just I ate a whole, I just ate buffalo chicken dip for dinner and a whole Hershey's uh, Hell yeah. chocolate Hell bar yeah. with Hell yeah. a couple glasses oh, of wine and like I dunked it into peanut butter. That was my dinner tonight. It was not wine that is um, good for you. It is wine not. Is- I don't. You know, I am so bad. That is not a good question. I am the most undisciplined eater. I am not good about that. I like to be though. They say like a glass of wine is uh, is good for your heart, and it's a natural <laughs> it's a natural blood thinner as well. Well, that's good to know. I learned I something new. And you had chicken in the in the buffalo chicken dip, sure. so I, you know, sure. I'm looking for positives here. You know, no, my diet is not awesome. I I kind of go in spurts depending on what I'm doing, and where I'm at. So I'm not the best. Uh, I try. I buy healthy food. I eat healthy when I'm here with my son. But okay. if I'm not with him, I'm I'm kind of a like last night I had Sour Patch Kids and a Coke for dinner at like 8.30 <laughs> in my hotel room when I was traveling for work. So that was probably the – that was my dinner because I was just busy. So it was one of those that was – I was like, this is this is not – this is a poor choice here, but that's all right. <laughs> we're, we're, we're rocking on. So when um, – what about your, your fitness regimen? Like what kind of PT are you doing? I am all the place with that. I don't have a gym membership. Um, okay. Like as far as all the place, like I just do my own thing here at the house. So, um, I have my son all the time. I have a few weekends, like besides drill weekend, another weekend I have him most of the time. So I, my schedule is kind of crazy. So taking him to and from school every day, I don't have a ton of time to do PT. So I don't pay for anything. I feel like I just worked in it at the house. Right. So we will do pushups. I do a lot of stuff with him. So we do pushups, sit-ups, pull-ups stuff here. We bike ride a lot. We're really active outdoor stuff. He plays a thousand sports. So I play with him. So it's one of those things that the other day I went and run. I'm like, Hey bro, you're going with me. Wake up. <laughs> So now it's one of those things that now I can take him with me. It was nice enough there. We went biking. So um, I try to do active stuff three to four days a week, 100%. But even today I came home from work. He came home from whatever. I was like, hey, we're knocking out push-ups and sit-ups. So we're doing planks in the living room. So I'm kind of random about stuff. But I just make the games. I feel like he's competitive as hell. And so if I I have him with me, I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to knock this out. But I do like going to – there's a bar class by my house. I have classes too. So if I can squeeze it in when I don't have my son, okay. um, a couple times a week I go up there for an hour. It's like a Pilates yoga ballet class that's like makes you feel like you're the weakest person ever because they do some so many squats and lunges and all kinds of craziness. But yeah. it's fun. Do you so, ever uh, do you ever try yoga? I do, but it's kind of. I'm not a big yoga fan. It's no. too slow. And it's kind of just ah. Uh, I don't know. It's not exciting, and I like fast, crazy music, and I need something that's going to like. I don't know. It's, it's not like for me. I've recently started doing it, and I think it's fucking awesome. 
Maybe it's like the it's like the change of pace that I need because normally I've got like you know Slayer and Eminem playing on my my when I'm lifting weights playlist you know yeah but uh, it's like a good kind of like relaxing type of thing. Have you done hot yoga before? No, yeah, I haven't. That I actually yeah. like. It's okay. like you sweat your ass off and like out sweat box. It's yeah, crazy. That sounds that like fucking kind of, hell to me. See, I actually enjoy that. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of okay. like a chaos. I don't know. It's weird. Pre, yeah. so, Pre gets pretty slippery when he's when he's sweaty. <laughs> yeah, I do. He, he gets pretty glossy. He, he's not a guy you want to be around. It's not the most attractive class. Where if you're on, everybody's a slippery, disgusting, hot – literally a hot mess is the best way to describe it. He turns into a, a salamander when he gets uh, just five minutes of sweat. <laughs> We used to play basketball. Um, we used to play basketball in his backyard, like in high school. And you know, say we were like losing or something. I'm like, okay, dude, I'm gonna go play down low. I'm taking my shirt off, and I'm gonna go sweat on everybody. <laughs> it's awesome. That's awesome. a really good guy. Bring it back. Bring it back. I like it. I like it. Okay, so uh, so what does the future hold for you? Oh, that's a great question. I feel like all planned out people had this like great two to four year plan of what they're going to do, where they're going to go. Um, realistically for me, next couple of years, I want to buy a house out here in St. Louis. Um, I want to keep, keep my same job to be honest. Um, realistically I could retire here in St. Louis the next five years and be done. I would be perfectly happy with that, with my military career. Um, come three year, come three years, I'd be eligible for starting major. So if that opportunity comes around in a couple of years, um, to be honest, I'm just going to cross that bridge if, if it chooses to you know, present itself at the time. It's not something that's on my radar right now, to be honest, because right now I really love the balance of life I have right now, and I like where things are going. Okay. I want to continue to grow my side business a lot more and continue to grow my team. Like my recruiting team right now, there's always goals and objectives. We're always consistently pushing for the next benchmark, goal, whatever it is. So right now, um, I just turned 36. I want to kind of get in the best shape of my life. I'm single again, so I'm kind of enjoying, just like enjoying this chapter and just sure. being. So um, right now, I'm kind of trying to just kind of be the best version of myself in every way possible, personally, professionally, spiritually, emotionally. So when the next chapter comes with another person, if that presents itself, then I'm kind of ready for it. So yeah. um, I don't have any benchmark goals of job this or person that i want to buy a house my my goal is just to be happy to be honest Good. i mean right are you a yeah. new year's resolution person hell no <laughs> yeah okay good. no that's, not my that's thing that's what i that's what i like to hear no <laughs> that's what i like i to think hear. it's cool to have goals but no i mean i nah, come on no. guys not, why are you hating <laughs> on new year's resolution folks no, it's, it, this is how i feel if you would make a change new year new today. me guys come make on make it today <laughs> We joke that New Year New Me has been a joke all week at work. Every time we see somebody, something, yeah. something different. I'm like, make a change. Make it today, man. Make it now. Don't wait for a, a decade or a day or a month to start. Do it. Do it the next day. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. One hundred percent. I like it. I like it. Good stuff. I'm cool. Well, hey, you know, I uh, I really appreciate you coming on. You know, this is a lot of fun. Uh, well, you know, I appreciate could- you having me on. It's fun. We can I, do I gotta this, say, uh, can I can I say, can I say something? I think um, this is like yeah. the equivalent of Tim Tebow on his first date. I think Tim we Tebow on his first date. Yeah, I think we blew our load with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was so uh, are you just going to go downhill after this. No, th- this was great. It's going to be hard to top this one. It's like you know that first date that went a little too well. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid <laughs> of the next date, but uh, this was great. This is great. I've never I love this. If the first well, date, I feel. Yeah. 
Well, I don't think awkward at all. I think that this is a good, uh, you know, hey, two guys, one one girl. I'm sure, <laughs> sure that people, a lot of people have stories like that. Yeah, I'm no sure shit. I'm sure they all have stories like that. So, uh, I think we, I think we definitely got to do a, another round of this at some point in time in the future. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely we'll, next maybe next time we come in we could talk more Rodan and Fields, Rodan and Fields. Sorry, and uh, yeah, maybe uh, more millennial or more uh, millennium uh, promises from resolutions. <laughs> I want to hear some more stories. More broken dreams and hopes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smashed hopes and dreams. Before we go, I want to hear a story about broken dreams and the crashed hopes. Dude, every day, every day we crush dreams. I always joke with my guys because every day we get people going downtown and list and. Someone tells them, you know, your fingers jacked up, or you have an STD, or you might your oh pregnancy my. test came back, and I You're mean, pro- every day there's broken dreams every day. Like, oh, so boy. I'm always like, hey guys, way to crush dreams today. It's good stuff. So every day, healthcare man, this Obamacare yeah. doing it. <laughs> hey, you learn all kinds of weird stuff about. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting profession to say the least. But hey, it has its rewards as well. So well, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, definitely. No more it. crushing dreams this week. You gentlemen have fun. Thanks for having me on. Thanks awesome. for coming. All Thank right. you very much. All right. We'll see ya. <laughs>